You're listening to the GAA Hour with Dermot Ling on Sports Joe. Hello, hello, and welcome to The Hurling Show. It's been two or three weeks now since we've had, uh, since all has been decided. Um, we're joined, I'm delighted to say we're joined by Niall Moore from Limerick. Uh, Niall, celebrations are, I'm, I'm sure, past and gone, but uh, great to reflect over the year. Ah, yeah, they're, they're, I'd say more like on hold, Gizzy. Um, I know the lads, look, the lads themselves had a phenomenal week and it was well-deserved. But it's back um, to the so club now. It's it kind of moves yeah, on fast. Yeah, it's back to the club there now. I know we played ourselves there last Thursday and um, we played there, great game, and we're out again this weekend. But for a lot of them boys then, there's three weeks off thereafter. And do you know what? I'd say a part of them is glad that they can go back to the clubs now for a few weeks and then they'll have a breather to wait and have a holiday, well-deserved break, and then obviously see out the year with, with their... Um, with their, with their clubs but I suppose look it was an unbridled celebration here in Limerick and I suppose like there was probably a, a double whammy in a gizzy in the sense that obviously COVID had probably robbed of homecomings etc for the last two years right. and obviously the weather as well played a part but I think maybe in this case I think as the year progressed it was a very very hard one on Ireland um, I don't think you can underestimate that even especially as you reflect on it people tend to say can anyone catch Limerick but the yeah. reality of it as the year was going on was it was very difficult and the chase and pack are they're, they're getting closer they're definitely getting closer um, I would yeah. bring in James as well uh, sorry Niall just it, there's been I suppose yeah seismic news in the in the hurling community as well uh, with with Brian Cody's um, stepping down um, yeah how are you first of all I'm good all good delighted to be here thank you yeah um, and Brian Cody leaving the scene yeah Time. Interesting timing, the day before the football final. <laughs> it's like Brian Cody, boy, here he goes again. Yeah, it was um, it was heavily muted around, I suppose, and I suppose yeah, you even whisperings of it. Yeah, even last year, you know, there was talk that one more year. I suppose more so than any year. I suppose mm-hmm. for the last nearly ten years, people are saying, "Will Cody stay on?" And you know, particularly in the last four or five years, but. Uh, I was always saying, of course, of course, of course. But I think for some reason this year, everyone felt it, whether I don't know why, that maybe it was a possibility that he would step down. But still, when you hear the news, you know, mm. it's a, uh, I won't say it's like a death in the family, but it is, a, but, you know, Cody moving on is something absolutely different. And uh, especially for players who are maybe seven, eight, ten years inside hurling, coming to the end of their career and just thinking maybe of a new manager coming in. And that brings about maybe a whole new lease of life for some guys or maybe other guys who never got in there uh, when Cody was around, they might spruce up now and, you know, say, God, now I have my chance. So, mm. uh, exciting, interesting times. Yeah. It's hard to see, Niall, anybody coming in from the outside. I think maybe the rest of the Harlem world are a little bit, they're a little bit glad. We probably would have been happier had it happened a bit sooner, but she, Limerick's uh, three in a row also put an end to the greatest managerial career in the in the history of the game. But uh, I'm sure it's yeah, it's only ever a, a career you'd look in at and celebrate as well for his contribution. And I do feel and have felt for a while with Limerick as well. Like there's something of what Cody brought into the game in 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 his time in charge and what you know what he managed to cultivate. Now I know similarly as in Limerick at the moment that a special group of players come along, but he did bring a set of ethics into the game where I think in other sports maybe as, as sport drifted a little bit more towards entertainment Cody held a very solid line in terms of like you know hard work and honesty and simple things that are very hard to grasp for for the, for, for the majority of people very often um, but Limerick certainly showed all of those characteristics as well like a, a, a genuineness on the field and, and and a willingness to do the hard work 
Yeah, I suppose, look, Limerick and Liverpool and other county are the last 20 years looking in over the ditch, so there comes a point when you'd have to take on some of those like those traits, I suppose. For the last number of years, John Kerr's book, Legacy, about New Zealand and about I suppose, their guiding principles and how they operate, I suppose that was articulated through print medium, whereas in, in Cody's case, I think he was the physical embodiment of of that legacy and I suppose one of the key words obviously was spirit but I suppose the simplicity of what can you do mm. and I suppose when you break it down like it becomes attainable for everyone when it's that when it becomes simple and it comes down just to that dirt of honesty and, and hard work and in Limerick's case I think like the I suppose the word that always comes out is the spirit of the group but how much they enjoy doing what they're doing mm. and I suppose mm. one of the narratives that probably was kind of weighing down GA players over the last number of years was I suppose the amount of time that's gone in and it was a weight on your life and how you lived mm. and I suppose and sacrifice maybe and all of these terms yeah yeah the sacrifice whereas I, I don't think that ever came to the fore in Kenny and even just dealing with the lads or looking at the lads from a distance here in Limerick it's pretty much the same because it's just an honesty and the simplicity of it and um, yeah look I think there's a bit of fear down Kerry that he's, there's rumours that he's taken over the Kenny football team so if that comes to pass, <laughs> I think the, the country might be finished with them yet <laughs> We'll see. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that one. One of, one of the things that I always found, um, I suppose, a little bit humorous, but also very frustrating was it seemed like for about 10 or 15 years, uh, there was a, a huge growth in uh, sports psychologists and strength and conditioning. And, and then there was tactics, men coming in and there's kind of different color cones all over yeah. the field and everything was like growing and who had the next trail and who was doing this. And there was this constant question to Cody, like, you know, how how are you doing it? How are you doing it? And he'd kind of just always say the same thing. And, and everyone said, oh, geez, Cody's telling us nothing like he's not. But in, in in the end, actually, when you look back, he was telling us all along. <clears throat> we just didn't really know how to listen to him. Uh, there were there were simple tenets that he that, that he kind of that this is this is the hill we're going to die on now. And all the other things are going to just kind of develop around that. I suppose he's he's consistency. Um over the years and and not even in the performances of Kilkenny but his consistency as a person I would say mm. do you know I think was it the Clare game one of the games I was up at this year I counted eight cones that Kilkenny had out there was four opposite four and I went counting you know I was actually taking it to the show here <laughs> yeah. a few weeks ago but I went counting and it never came up but I can't count in the show or the cones on the other the other side and it was somewhere between 50 and 60 and you know mm. There was a, sim- a simplistic uh, approach, but I suppose he never, he didn't really want to come out into the media and say how it was done. You know, it's not as if he didn't have conversations behind the scene. Mm-hmm. Of course they were had, you know, well, there was tea and Jaffa cakes, cakes eaten in Kilkenny as well at different times, but he didn't come out and I suppose speak about it, talk about it. And at times when you're a manager or you're involved in sport and people are critical of you, you'd love to get. I suppose, proved him wrong and didn't tell him you proved him wrong. He never probably told him. He just, it was more the action <laughs> mm. which was done. So I suppose his consistency as a person is the, is the yeah. you know, more so the way he dealt with people, the way he dealt with the media, the way he dealt with players. Do you know, like there was players in Kilkenny were dropped over the years too, but they weren't really dropped. They were ignored. You know, there was no statements coming out from the Kilkenny County Board or the management about this, that and the other. And there was plenty of incidents at times, but... Everton was just treated exactly the same and, you know, the same problems happened, but he dealt with it probably in a very good way. Yeah, it's something I'm looking forward to. We have Aaron Galan coming up <coughs> in a little while and, and one of the things that, that it's one of the things that I wanted to chat to him about and Niall, you can definitely shed plenty of light on it too, I think is often when you, 
tell somebody something, uh, when you learn something, like, you know, you, you endure some kind of struggle and then you have this nugget of wisdom that you've picked up. And I feel sometimes, and I just see it reflected back to me in my own life, like as soon as you share it or if you go around telling everybody what that nugget is, it's like the power of the nugget is being divided, like you're, you're spreading it out and it's spreading far and wide and it's no longer your own little nugget to hold. And, and it has been... It is a little bit, it is difficult from the outside to get a hold on of what's happening in, in Limerick, in how they're, how they're achieving what they're achieving, or even just to cultivate the conditions where lads are moving or have moved from that sacrifice, that language that you were talking about initially to something of a joyful approach. And yeah, they, they seem to be well able to hold their, hold their tongue on it, which is, I think, you know, we're, we're disappointed by it in some respects, but also it's, it's a, you'd have to admire them for it too. Yeah, I suppose what you're saying there, Gizzy, is that like I suppose maybe as players going forward, you endure a struggle and I suppose within that struggle, you come out with that nugget of wisdom or I suppose that allows you to try and share your, your weakness as a person and obviously as a player. Um, I suppose like one of the things there that I would always say, I suppose maybe it becomes some successful teams, like successful teams, they're no different to a marathon runner, Gizzy, they endure many struggles along the way. Um I know Jared Hartman there, local famous physio here, he'd have had a conversation with Paula Radcliffe where it compared the, the marathon was compared to a rose. And at the top there, you have this sweet smelling rose that everyone admires and everyone looks in from a distance. But I suppose all the way up along that rose, you have thorns. And I suppose what they would have always said, the, the more thorns along the way, the sweeter the rose. And I suppose in Limerick's case there, and I suppose no different to Kenny and no different to dealing with Cody. Like every day you come home from training, there is a problem, there is a strain, be it an injury, be it lack of form, be it personal problems. And I suppose, I suppose the reality of it was for Cody, Cody was probably, and James obviously knows more about this, he was there, but I suppose he allowed you to probably figure it out the hard way yourself, which probably leads to a, a deeper learning. Whereas I suppose in Limerick's case there, there was like Carolyn Curd had that element that she allowed guys come through those struggles but she helped them and she gave them tools that they now have as players to make them better and stronger and I suppose with Cody like it was tough loving and that was how he probably allowed his players to kind of just to realise the tools that they needed and um, there's yeah, a market so, so. difference there isn't there like Caroline Curry definitely from, from what I can understand anyway like there was a, a much more of an involvement outside of hurling like a, just kind of trying to create more rounded people that would then automatically feed them as hurlers because they'd be more around the people and wouldn't be too too attached to it. Whereas Brian Cody, it seemed had a yeah, a little bit more of you have to figure this stuff out yourself. Uh but I'm I'm not I'm not gonna spoon feed it to you because spoon feeding it to you is going to weaken you. Um and it's yeah, they're two different it's not like there's that's what we're often searching for. What's the way? Like give me the answer, I want the way. But there's just there's a variety of ways and they, they definitely seem to have um differing approaches but exceptionally successful. Yeah, he's like it seems so simplistic to say that you just go out and play the best team and, you know, but when you do strip it all apart and take everything down, you know, if you're hurling well and performing well, sure, go out and play. And, you know, in Nolan Park, we kind of had two dressing rooms side by side back in my time anyway, where you'd tog out in one, but I always sat inside, inside the door on the right and Cody used to kind of sit on the other side of the door and, you know, he'd small bits of talk after training and, and the two boys to my right were, were probably James McGarry and Gorta. There was a small mm. little corner there and those two boys went in with him. 
he obviously ignored me. <laughs> but, you know, I said, Cody was a village man, James Stevens and, and, and mm. Gorta was a Lachlan's or two, two town teams and they'd have a small bit of banter over that but you could also see when Cody be laughing that it was nearly a put on false laugh, you know, just yeah, kind of throwing yeah. the head back and he he never showed too much of his real character and mm. if, you know, as a team, if you went into a restaurant, I suppose, and, uh, you know, if you were away on holidays or you were coming down, he'd probably sit in the farthest away chair and corner that you could find, you know, and he, he had a habit of doing that. So a lot of players were there for eight, ten years and if they didn't sit in that exact dressing room and they were maybe in the other dressing room and they played away and they were playing well, they might have had very limited conversations. But there's something there's something brilliant about that too, though, because yeah. every single player looks at him and he has that little bit of a... There's kind of respect <coughs> there. You just know he's going to be... It should be three All-Stars in a row. If you're playing bad the following year, bang, you're dropped, new man yeah. in. And it treats exactly the same. And I suppose he's done that right through everyone's career. And we've seen that, I suppose, in all aspects of how he's done it. One of the highlights that I have, I mean, some of the realisations that I've picked up along the way from Brian Cody and from starting to listen to him um, from probably 2015 or 16 on, uh, very early on, there was... Uh, and I'd say in 2005 I'd, I was becoming more friendly with Eddie Brennan I, I suppose and I was sitting up in, in Langton's I think you were in maybe training and Eddie had come out I was spending a bit of, I was living in Kilkenny actually at the time and um, I was sitting in beside Eddie and Brian Cody came over and now I was a year or two into the Wexer panel and I was you know wasn't like I didn't even think he'd know who I was like sitting there and he came over and he was very very personable and very complimentary and you know he he, he gave it like it was straightforward it was a very straightforward interaction but like he didn't you know he yeah. it, it was I, it, it was a great um geez I felt great after it you know because it was I wasn't expecting it from him I suppose the second thing was I, I heard him down he came down to Wexford uh, to a GA club to our to my own GA club to St Martin's we were running a thing in, in town a part of a, a fundraiser and I was speaking first and then Brian Cody came out at the end and he was really hitting home on um, on the spirit, and he he was challenged uh, by a well-known Wexford horse trainer on who was kind of dancing on Kilkenny's grave a little bit, like saying, "Oh, you're you know you're gone, you're down, that's it." Yeah. Kilkenny, you're <clears throat> you know you're that this is the end, and he was kind of happy about that. And 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 Cody's response was, and kind of in his talk, his response was, "If if the spirit is right, I we're not down." You can say we're down because we're at Will Not Earns, but if the spirit is still right in the camp, and I believe the spirit is still right in the camp, then I'm winning, and like All Earns kind of take care of themselves. Now we're here and we're chatting about All Earns, and obviously Limerick have had phenomenal success in, at, at at the expense of Kilkenny on many yeah. occasions, but still, that like when you're true to that at the core, you know, you rise and fall on it, and it's uh, yeah, I think it's his lasting legacy, like bringing that, bringing that word in so strongly as as an embodied kind of a well, an experience. D- this year is testament to that, I think, because mm. you couldn't say Kilkenny. You know, it was very hard to pull Kilkenny out as All Ireland contenders at the start of the year. You know, true performances, and it's not no disrespect to any player that's performing. Uh, for Kilkenny throughout the year but it didn't look like there were contenders to come up against this great Limerick team and yet when it came down to it you know it probably was one of Limerick's greatest challenged and uh, challenges and that's why I think you know Limerick have enjoyed this one so much as well and to win three in a row and I suppose having to beat Kilkenny on the way I, I, I think it really cements this great Limerick team as well and that's yeah. a testament to Kilkenny I suppose and like Limerick probably always wanted to be Kilkenny and 
as for Michael Kenny, we always wanted to say, I wonder how would we get on against Limerick and would they go, would they annihilate us in an hour later and would we be able to stand up to them? And, you know, we probably did stand up to them and when we were coming down the home stretch, um, you know, the the goal, the early goal from Hegarty was a sucker punch and I remember mm. feeling, it was that sinking feeling in the stand going, God, there's only a few minutes gone. Yeah, and yeah. the one thing I said to myself all along was, we need to stop them getting goals and we need to get two more goals than they did. And, yeah. and start well and start well and yeah. we give them one two to no score and you're thinking oh god this mm. is this is lights out and uh, and it was the first 20 minutes but when as we were coming down the home stretch I was actually sitting more up in my seat and I was saying I think our we look to have the legs here and you know we came out disappointed but they, they really stood up and Cody used the word after he said proud you know mm-hmm. every candy person should be proud and yeah, it's a word I use, but still bitter disappointment because at the end of the day, you want to win it. And I think closer yeah. it came, every Kenny person believed that, you know what, we could actually win this. And that's a massive belief from where we were three months ago. For sure. And I suppose that's testament to the way Cody... You know, we wouldn't have thought this Kilkenny team would light a candle to maybe the Kilkenny team back in the noughties or the... Mm. You know, so it's brilliant to get there, but it's still still no good. Any highlights of the man from the outside, Niall? I just think it's what even what you articulated there, because he, I think if he came into addressing him, like you just even to catch his eye, you would be ten foot tall after it. Yeah. Um, again, it's just that competitiveness through the years. Everybody who threw a challenge at them, he stood up, and they seemed to grow in in light of challenges. And one of the things that even he quoted himself in the weeks leading up to the All Ireland was about there you're never reaching your potential. There is always more within you, and I suppose. If anybody was sports people or whatever, I suppose when I mean even in Kenny's case, like I suppose they found their limit in in Limerick for that, and I suppose what they'll be looking to do next year is kind of blow past it. And I think with Cody, there was never there was never an end goal; it was always building on it. And look, that's he's just he, he's the grandfather of it. And it'd be interesting to see how the GA use him um, in the years because yes, he might have retired from one job, but it, it's how they use a man with that wealth of knowledge and that respect right the way throughout. He, he, Let's get him in Crow Park. Let's get him in the corridors. We can only make the game that bit bigger and better. Like you know, mm. for you, James, any any particular highlights in the in your time with them or looking in from the outside? Strength that stands out. Um, I don't think so. I always thought I got on well with him. He might say differently, um, mm. but he was. Um, Why would he say differently? Huh? Why would he say differently? I don't know. I don't be texting him the whole time. <laughs> now, so, <laughs> um, but. Uh, no, look, I have no great standout. Um, I suppose the, the one thing I'll say about him is, and you know, I'm doing a small bit of a selector with our local team and you'd be training underage and he's probably, there's so many people in Kilkenny are probably going out there maybe being managers or trying to be managers of any level of a team and I think they're take, they've took so much from Cody. Yeah. So when I first joined the panel in 02, you know, and take I think Cody was maybe 99 was his first year. So you're talking of guys now who currently Kenny players maybe 20, 21, right up to guys in their mid-50s. He's trained a span, he might have 24 years, but he's trained a span of maybe 35 years of Kilkenny hurlers, if that makes sense. Yeah. And you throw them all out around the county of Kilkenny into their clubs. Mm. They're bringing that same type of, you know... I won't say spitting in the hand type of a scenario, yeah, but they're, they're, yeah. they're trying to bring the but same... What they've learned is... What they've is, learned is and valuable. how to bring it. And I think that's massive. And, you know, it's, some people mightn't admit it, but I think everyone has picked up a small bit from how he how he portrayed himself. 
the way he deal, dealt with players and the way he picked a team on how people are performing. Yeah. And that's the legacy will live on. As I said, there's 35 years of that going around, even though it's only 24-year legacy of, of a management. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I remember thinking, I often thought about Kilkenny, but also with the great Cork team um, around 04, 05, that like, geez, these fellas can't be stopped. Uh, and I'd say that's pretty much the, the feeling that everybody has at Limerick at the moment. Four in a row, I mean, that's been done. The five in a row, that's that seems to be... Um, yeah, there's a reason it hasn't been done is because it's so difficult to do it. Who's going? Who can catch them, Niall, or do you see them being caught in the next year or two? Um, of course, there's teams Gizzy, that, that that can beat them. Like, do you know what I mean? As in, again, every year there's, there's new challenges going on with them. But like one comment that Donny Ryan used to make there, he says about talking about all Ireland. He says there's very little difference between winning eight and nine all Irelands, but there's an awful difference between winning zero and one all Ireland. And mm. in the case of some of the Limerick lads, like it's not beyond the realms, Gizzy, that over the next six or eight months, that some of these boys might decide to pursue other things in life. Um, do you know what I mean? Lockdown probably played to our, our barrel in, in a lot of cases where lads weren't able to go travelling. And so, like, there's going to be other challenges along the way. Obviously, like, Limerick will continue to be exceptionally competitive, but like the chasing pack are getting closer. And I suppose, given the format of the championship, it becomes that bit more difficult. Um, but I suppose the hope again is it's not whether, look, if they could win four in a row and, and break that five in a row barrier like that would be dreamland altogether but the one beauty of Limerick at the moment Gizzy, is I, I just don't think people are getting carried away with themselves we're yeah. realistic to know yeah. that yeah. we struggled for long enough and it was just one of the things I heard Dara Donovan he was in a, an interview there recently again the guy I hurled against wouldn't know a whole point about him and I just thought they were so cognizant of where Limerick had probably been for the last 20 or 30 years mm. and it was one of the things that they respected but they also were aware of, well, it's now part of their overriding legacy to ensure that over the next 20 or 30 years that we as a county change our mindset to make sure that we're not waiting 45 years to win a title. And so that, look, that is ultimately where Limerick needs to get to. If they can win four, savage. Uh, but there are counties that are coming very, very close. And I suppose with the change of management, that presents both, I suppose, a ray of hope for a lot of these counties because they get a bounce factor as well. Like, you know, so there are challenges ahead. And look, Izzy, it's mad. We're talking about this on the 2nd of August. Like, do you know I mean? We're nine months away again from Championship. So there's a lot of water to under the bridge before that. What can you can you bring yourself back to uh, the the final whistle? And I mean, it's it's happened now, uh, whatever four or five times. But for the fellas, the young fellas that you've been involved with, uh, to see them, to see them, I suppose, behaving that way as well. For them to have that cognizance, for them to be as balanced as they are, but also to see them out on the field winning in Ireland. When I know it's something that you know yourself and the and the brother chased it for so long. But, but to see those fellas that you worked with and have and have a part in instilling values in, what, what was it like for you to see those fellas come through like yeah, that? Again, look, I, I don't have kids, so I suppose I'm trying to use the analogy of what it must be like for a parent to see somebody coming up along. And look, we were very fortunate in the school that lads come into us for four or five years and. Do you know what I mean? We're part of their development by no means the, the centre of it. But uh, the beauty that I love Giz, right? And I've met a few of them in probably since. And you kind of, you avoid kind of meeting them, all right? Especially on nights out because you don't want to be seen like, hey, Jesus, you're hanging off here, like trying to relive past glory. <laughs> it's actually the furthest thing from it. Yeah. Actually, even the, the Monday night after, we ended up in a few places. And actually, the last people I wanted to meet were the boys in, in that context because mm. like, you kind of feel as if they're obliged to come over and start the conversation when... So, like, but even I suppose having met them privately, maybe in the days since, it's like you take enormous pride. Um, mm-hmm. I suppose 
So you look back when you had them as kids and you're recalling the common memory from a school's match or a club match or whatever else. And like, I suppose, you know what it instills in you, Gizzy? It instills that appetite maybe to you know, go and keep on helping with these underage teams and keep on adding to their experience because the one beauty of it, none of these lads that I'd have been lucky enough to deal with, and I'm sure the same goes for anyone in their clubs or schools or academies, they're never, that's the beauty of them. They always recognize it. It's the first thing they do to recognize it. And they don't need to. Do you know what mm. I mean? They, they, they don't need to. And I suppose, um, yeah, sure. Look, you look on a pride. And as they went on to say, Jesus, I coached them and all the rest. I put, you're right. Again, for a lot of these guys, Gizzy, it's the homes that they came out of. And if you knew that the homes that came out of and the people that they came out of, and they all have their own different story, but... I just think it's the people that they are and it's how they continue to carry themselves. That ultimately is, is the most satisfying thing as a Limerick person. Honestly, mm. it's, it's so that that is, like, again, they reflect our people. And if, if that's the kind of people we are and if it's reflected through the players that we have, then John, we're good old skins down here. Like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think you had it hard enough and we talked about it the last day after the Ireland as well. Like, I think Limerick has, it's gone through its struggles in that in terms of how people have viewed them from the outside because of stories in the news or whatever where all the focus was and to see, particularly when Dolores came on after the after the final whistle, like, you just felt in the heart of Limerick people bursting open in Crow Park. It was a really magical experience. Um, one of the, I suppose, uh, against... Brian Cody's legacy uh, there's been in plenty of other places a bit of a managerial I mean sure every county has gone through you know at least five or six managers since since he's yeah. come in um, Tipperary this year don't know how in keeping it was with, with with how they would maybe normally do do business seemed to be a little bit, bit harsh on Colin Bonner which be hopeful for Liam Cahillers or a little bit of a some kind of to come in on the back of that it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's like going behind the strike line but it's like there's something kind of a little bit of an edge there to it that may take a bit of healing yeah like I suppose it's hard to know what was going on behind closed doors and mm. that's where really you'll see the story and you know we're not I, I'm not sure exactly what went on but it looked very you know one day gone next day in and the whole thing it was I think really three days in a row um, Colin was removed Liam Cal left Watford and in on the third day it was <laughs> as inevitable as yeah, 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 was, um, yeah so what was going on behind closed doors I don't know I suppose there was a lot of commentary on um, how the tip um, county board went about relieving um, Colin, Colin Bonner's yeah. duty so it was probably for me that should have been done a little bit better should have been worded but you know in all these scenarios I think um when you're in the middle of it, like you are in the Tip County Board, and you know what's going on, yeah, you've got to remember that just because you know what's going on, the general public doesn't. Yeah. So if you release some sort of a statement there, it has to be in fitting with, I suppose, no matter what has gone on behind closed doors or what you think or how you want to put it, but it looked like it was something that was going on for maybe a matter of days, a matter of weeks. Yeah. And they just came along and just said, yeah, go on, we'll word it like that. Without but a feel for how things were on the ground a little bit. Ex- well, yeah, because the majority of people didn't know what was going on because, yeah. that's, you know, when it is behind closed doors, there's a small network of people looking at it. So for me, it just struck as they decided to put it out there because, you know, maybe there was to and fro and beforehand. I don't know. But... Um, when they did release it, they should have put a little bit more uh, class into the into the into the statement, and probably you know I won't say it was you know borderline embarrassing. I thought for for for, for um, yeah, column in the end, so you know definitely I'd say if they could turn back the clock, they would have done that a little bit different. But look, Liam Cal, passionate man, um, 
good man only over the road from me actually in neighbouring parishes I'm right on the border in Ballingarry and um, has done a great job in club teams done a great job with Tipperary underage you know had Waterford um, absolutely flying it in early doors and uh, you know last year as well they performed very well so he looks to be building a good team bringing in Parik Mar as well like that's just uh, yeah yeah. Deep. we might not see Paddy no, <laughs> we might see the Paddy on the show for not, a while not again yeah but, he's the ideal man to bring in as regards a person is. who's just out with any manager going in you'd have to think of him just for the connection between the players yeah. and the management and if you were listening to him talk in the dressing room after what he's done over the years for a younger player coming up you yeah. know he's half the battle already. Yeah, sure he didn't have to say too much even no. it's just the way he holds himself That's like it. he's just yeah the, 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 the power and the way he the way he played the game uh, you were mentioning there Niall about here we are in August um is there a little bit of a, a lament in that? Like, do you think the split season county club having it done this early, a little bit of a little bit of a, a feeling of a rush, um, or would you go back a little bit more? Would you pull it back more into August, the All Ireland, and have a little bit more of an overlap? Yeah, look, I, I know there's been a lot spoken about this because okay, and again, for your listeners, even not to go on about it, it's way too early to have an All Ireland final played. Um, again, like you know. The issue here is that clubs aren't getting there. Probably club players want a little bit of so security, knowing when they can go on holidays and stuff. And yeah, we, we get that. And I suppose there's the issue then at, at the tail end of the year that county champions aren't being finished. But like there's, there's a lot easier ways to come about it, uh, like in terms of getting uniformity in, inside of the, the club side of it to allow us maximise our exposure of our games. And I even found with the underage championships there, there was, there was one particular week there where there were 17s, Hurling football, 20s hurling football. I think it was on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. TNG were showing matches from all different places. It was just raced through. Yeah. And again, look, yes, there is an element of interest in club championship, but the same thing goes. Like, am I going to watch a rugby match? Like, as in, I, I want to see the provincial provinces play rugby and I want to see Ireland play rugby. Do Am I really concerned about opening up to see the IL player? No. And... Look, there, there was ways and means about doing it. Would another month have made a whole pile of difference? No. But I suppose then there's one other issue here, Gizzy. And again, it's probably like we are a unique organization in the sense that you have two sports riding hand in hand under the one umbrella, John. And yeah. I, that's due respect to the LGFA and coming in. So maybe with you, maybe looking at a split season, can we maximize our exposure for GA as a whole by splitting up how we run our hurling and football championships? And that we maximise it all the way across so that you are in the, the public eye, like, you know, because look, what, what, what is achieved through all our finals and all the rest, like, it'll be kind of soon forgotten, especially in modern society today mm. where we have the memories of goldfish, like, you know. Yeah. And I suppose, like, you, you need to, so look, again, if you're asking me, do I lament it? Yes, I do lament it, but um, I, I just think, look, they, they will revise it, I'm sure they'll bring it back a couple of weeks and... Like you look, if, while kids are on holidays and stuff, I do think it's lovely for families to have that opportunity to go to matches on a Sunday. And by the time they go back to school, the twenty fourth, fifth of August, let, let you have it finished up at that point, because it's at that point that on the ground for a lot of club players and even families that they're back at home and they kind of take an interest in their club naturally because they're back from three months holidays. So yeah. I do, I, I look, I, I do think a month extra. Oh, I, I don't see the big, the big ordeal. Of it. 
Yeah, and I don't see the big ordeal either with just trying things, you know, like you try it, you run it for a couple of years, see if it works, because there's so many dynamics to manage, like even with in relation to the kids, you know, showing games or holding games where teams have to travel over an hour or two or families have to travel over an hour or two and they've got young kids and they're having games on a Saturday night. Saturday night under lights is a very appealing thing, but there's a huge family aspect to the GA. So I think it's good, like, do we just, you trial things, see how they go, but be willing, be willing always to change it if, if the feeling isn't right on the ground. Um, a few uh, quick fire questions and I'm just really delighted to be throwing this one to you James because I don't I'm, I'm looking forward to the answer best game of the year um, the can, most, you, can you can, can you give it <laughs> can you give it to it the most entertaining the most entertaining <laughs> game of the year I think was the Munster final without, without a okay, doubt ok that's it we're done yeah knock it up well done game of the season uh, in hurling just in entertainment hurling wise uh, well I'm not sure. I think the hurling has possibly slipped back a little bit. And, mm. um, you know, even hurlers of the year, the young hurlers coming on stream. And, mm. and I think there's a whole massive conversation there regarding minor under 17s. And yeah. I'm, I, I have more of a problem with that than the actual season. I think if we spoke to county hurlers, they would jump out and maybe enjoy the season when it's over at this stage. That seems to be the and word from back from players. It's like they have a the bit of time now. You I know? do. I do think, and not to go back on... on on Niles' point, but a couple of weeks more between a semi-final and a final two week is a very short run in. Mm. A little bit more of a gap between the hurling and the football, make him a little bit more standalone. I think that should be done. Um, but as regards, if you go through all the games this year, how many of them were actually brilliant hurling games? Do you know you were down mm. to the Munster final? You had a you know packed stadium, um, two teams going you know hell for leather, ma- you know massive enter- entertainment, but. The actual standard of hurling has it gone back a little bit? Are we not bringing through the players? Is under seventeen? You know, if you take the base of that Limerick team, and again now that no more, and this is coming from under twenty one teams of a few years ago, going back mm. three or four more years ago, even, um, and a lot of Kilkenny teams, all the good teams throughout have brought through. They've been performing at under twenty one level and so on. I think those are the games that we're kind of letting slip a little bit, mm. and that's the one thing I change is bring it up. But most entertaining game of the year. Uh, Clare and Limerick Okay I thought you we were going to say Wexford and Kenny and Old Park. <laughs> Anyway that's okay uh, Most exciting team of the season um, I suppose like up against It's really up against Limerick have shaped Every other team In the sense of Whatever they're going to do It has to be able to You have to be ultimately Aiming to beat Limerick Which which means Whatever you're going to Whatever tactics you're going to employ Whatever style of play You're going to employ Has to be Perfected to a point Or it has to be Something very true in them Was there any Who, who stood out for you um, Niall I suppose maybe not the most exciting team in the championship, but I suppose like you have to admire Clare. Clare came out of out of the woodwork there and they really added to the Munster Championship gives. So I think in that sense, um probably a disappointing performances from I suppose Wexford, Dublin, Waterford in, in that sense. And just even on that gizzy, you're talking about moves for the future there. It's just one I think huge issue coming down the track, and it's actually staring the J in the face here, is how we treat and respect our referees. And like Join all the voices that we have here. We've we've media feedback from, I suppose, on players and the issues that players have. Whatever else, I, I was just talking to a very prominent referee here, intercounty referee there in the last few weeks, and he looked like just a guy that was beaten from the job. And he just spoke about the the mental anguish that they have. And like I really, and again, look, I'm not a big fan of referees. Don't get me wrong, all right. But I'm evolved long enough to know in in the game that you can't have games without the referees. 
And I do think that the GA have left them on an island as it is. And I, again, they're, they're like the, the fellow who does the parking fines or, or the speed van. Nobody likes them. And you, you don't be going around telling everyone at the wedding what you do. Yeah. But like for some of these referees there, like I even just take the case of John Keenan. You're asking um, Jamesy there about the, about the best game of the year. Like that was down to John Keenan. Mm. All right. And Bill Shankly used to have a, a great phrase about referees is, the problem with referees is, is that they know the rule that they, they know the rules, but they just don't know the game. All right. But there's the there was John Keenan, the one fellow who actually played it. Man, I, I'd say he's gone into hibernation. I'd say he was he was like Shergar there. He might be seen again for a number of years. Yeah. Like, but you're coming back to there again. And I know I know it's probably going again, it's off topic, but I do think there's in I know in South Tabrary there was around the junior games, I think they were called off there a couple of weeks ago, they'd known to referee the match. Yeah. All right. And our game will continue to evolve, but unless referees are allowed to the support to evolve with it. And I too think you're talking about all the professional standards you're talking about. I do think that you're going to end up with a case where some of these refs, you'd have to have a paid body of refs at elite level because yeah. other than that, they won't have the skills or I don't think they'll have the want to put themselves out in the firing line the way they have. Yeah, yeah. We don't think, we don't seem to include them as part of the Harding family in a way. Definitely not in the way That's we speak to them. It, it seems to be like a very easily remedied, I think, as well. You just go hard on punishments for a while. But I think if you're just brought in the language of the language of respect is too yeah it comes you have to pay too corporate or something pay him pay him and pay him well yeah I, and, yeah but I, I think players I think we should have a, ta- assume a little bit more responsibility as well in, in, in realising that they're people and you wouldn't speak anywhere in yeah. the way people speak to referees so why do we think we should be allowed to do it but look at it I think yeah, it's yeah, a, let's pay him afterwards now James not before <laughs> <laughs> player, player very quickly player of the year um, I suppose Burns um, okay I think so. I know he's been muted by a lot of people, so I'm not coming up with anyone new there. But yeah. I just think, look, Hegarty's all there in final alone. Mm. You'd nearly give him a hurler of the year. But mm. I, I think just maybe for consistency throughout, um, I think Burns. But again, get, some of the things Galan did, yeah, uh, have yeah. him up there. It's not that, you know, but I suppose Burns, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Niall, because you've got so much experience with the the youth of the game, uh, young player of the year. Who's, who who really stood out because that's a, it's a it's, it's harder at twenty in terms of the physical conditioning now you know you don't get like an eighteen year old coming in nearly as often as you, as you might have so who performed well in the, the stakes that were there as a young man? I think with James, I, I don't think there was a massive standout player like as in somebody who at Tony Kelly twenty thirteen. I suppose mm-hmm. look, given the age profile, if it's still under twenty one, I suppose you're looking at maybe Kieran Joyce and Cork or Carl Neal. It was very hard to give it to a sub. Um, if they go up a year above it, maybe I don't know somebody like Mikey Butler. But even in that player the year because they're like John and all the conversation here Donald Burke from Dublin he's, and Killian Doyle from Westmead they're two lads they will not appear in any conversation they will not appear in any conversation around the All-Star teams but Jesus man the scoring rates of those two boys over the course of the championship especially in Donald Burke he's again he's one of the most consistently high scoring forwards of, of the um, of the championship and I suppose look as in they won't appear in the hurdle of the year but I'm going to give a shout out to them because do you know what I mean it's hard when, you're, when it's your county is struggling and you're giving those performances day in day out yeah particularly when you can there's not much more either of those two fellas could do and there's plenty more like them um, as well but they certainly were standout players 
Um, that's we'll we'll have to leave it there because uh, we've got we've got as I said Aaron Galan coming on. Um, for the both of you, James, I've been chatting to you now an awful lot more than I ever would have. Jeez, I haven't spoken to you in a long time, but because of this, I've gotten a chance to be you know to get your insights for the last few months, and it's been very enjoyable. Um, so thanks very much for for coming in and being willing to, uh, for for being willing to come in as well. It, it's it's great great to have you in in studio, you know, and Niall as well. Um, from the lush pastures of uh, Limerick, you're indoors today, but um, it's been it's been great to have you as well, Niall. And today you're up with us. I think there was just an awful lot of value in the things that you've you, you've been, you've been giving us here. But I think in, in general, anyway, your contribution has been stellar. So thanks very much for uh, for for coming on. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll we'll catch up in maybe in the 2023 championship season. Who knows? But uh, that's it for us. Um, we, as I said, we'll come back with Aaron Galan. Okay, we're joined now on the line by Aaron Galan. Uh, in the backdrop is not a dare manor, but it's certainly the castle I'm familiar with driving through a dare on the right hand side, I think, just over the bridge. How are you doing, Aaron? All good, my lads. Happy to be on. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, I mean, I don't know, sure, geez, just congratulations, first of all. I mean, it must be the stuff of stuff of dreams, like when you think about the young fella like who fell in love with the game and you're looking up to you know, the the Mourns and all of these fellas who've gone before you, I suppose the Kirby's in, in, in your case, um, at home and you're thinking, Will it ever happen? And all of a sudden when it comes to your time, it happens to be the greatest time in, in the history of the county. Like how is that well, I suppose one of the things Niall Moran was chatting about uh, just before was was how aware that the current group of players seem to be of that, that it has been maybe difficult to be a Limerick hurler and now all of a sudden you're part of this just golden era. How how how's that been? Um yeah, I suppose everything you kinda of said there kinda of hits the nail in the head. Um first of all we're definitely enjoying every single minute of it. Mm. Uh, as you said, when you're a young fella it is the stuff you dream of. Um but I suppose even looking back a few of the names you mentioned there, the likes of Niall Moore and Gary Kirby, even like looking at Patrick Swedalow and Kieran Carey, all these lads. Yeah. Like they're all people we'd still see as legends. Um, mm. We call them in way higher regard than any of us. You know, we're just going out doing what we love. Well, I suppose in terms of legends in Limerick, yeah, they're the kind of fellas, the names that are spring to mind straight away. Yeah, well, look, at that's changing at the moment for sure. Is it, how consciously have you taken that on? Like, is it, I don't know, is it through John or through Caroline or is it just maybe the timing of it where, as you said there, like we're just we're just enjoying it like you're really enjoying everything and it's not it's not since the Sunday it's not like the sessions afterwards you seem to be a bunch of fellas who are enjoying having the ball like enjoying playing and and sometimes they look at inter- inter-county hurling over the last 10-15 years and even when I was playing with Wexford often I, I got the sense of, from a lot of fellas that they didn't they'd made the choice to be doing it for sure but like they didn't seem to be kind of joyful in it but you certainly seem to be you seem to have that kind of yeah wrapped up well yeah, look, I suppose when you're winning, it makes that side of things, it certainly makes it a bit easier. Mm. Um, so luckily enough for us, over the last couple of years, we've been lucky enough to pick up a few medals along the way. So it definitely But does that comes, does that not come like, the, the winning comes when you have the attitude, like when, it, when it's not, do you know the language of like sacrifice and all of that stuff that's mm. in the game sometimes? You don't seem, that doesn't seem to be the way for you. So I think like winning almost naturally follows enjoying it. Yeah, you could say that, I suppose. Um, I suppose some people might think we're kind of weird in the sense that like, we actually enjoy the hard work and that's where we get our enjoyment from. Yeah. I suppose like, we know that if the hard work is put in, 
it's going to benefit us on the field and once the hard work is put in everything else is going to follow so it's like over the last couple of years it's down to one simple thing and that is hard work and that's led to everything that we've won today so I can't see it stopping anytime soon to be honest you know, we're going to continue to work hard the minute we're back training and whatever so it's it's not about like you're not thinking four, five, six All-Irelands it's much more focused on on the very basics of of just yeah getting back into the hard work yeah and just keeping keeping it as simple as possible you know that's mm. what works best for us so I don't see any point in changing it at the minute is there anything of Brian Cody's uh, like obviously you saw he step down in the week like do you feel that there's anything of Brian Cody's legacy in do you know maybe how John has approached it or how ye how ye yourselves as players have have approached that like that he he had that very simplified, dignified and kind of hardworking approach, you know, that doesn't need to be all the bells and whistles that sometimes we think we need. That actually, if you just hone in on something like that, for example, hard work, say, right, this is what this is. This is our game and we're going to enjoy it. We're just going to work hard. Is that is there any is this just something you've come to yourselves, do you think, or, or has that is that is, is that infused in your play as well? Um, I suppose different teams kind of have different mantras and like different things work for different people, but I suppose this current group of Limerick people, you know, like what works best for us, for us is just keeping it simple and having full control over what we can control. And once you step out into the field, like the only thing you have full control over is how hard you work. Like you can't have 100% control over if you're going to score two or three points every day, you know, yeah. whereas the one thing that you can control wholeheartedly is how hard you go out and work. Lovely. And I suppose it's just a motto we kind of have or something we kind of base ourselves off. Like if you work hard enough, you're about to be rewarded for that. Yeah. So just, just our train of thought, to be honest. Nice, nice. Um, is there a moment in the year where that, like does, anything, does, it, does, does any moment stand out to you when you look back on the year where you see kind of, you know, the reward of hard work sometimes is greater than just you know applying yourself and to a situation with hard work it also seems like the environment around you responds to the honesty of your hard work that like things kind of flow your way like is there, was there any time in the year in any game where you like, you see okay this is working like this is this is this is a typical moment of where we have applied ourselves and now the rewards are coming i suppose being honest there might be a few matches that kind of spring to mind straight away um Supposed going into extra time there in the Munster final against mm. Clare when Clare were rightly coming at us and you know they probably had the belief that they could have beaten us and rightly so they were right in the game and they gave us a hell of a shot but I suppose we just kind of stayed calm we knew what we've been doing if we stuck what we've known the last few years that it has benefited us and it does work so we weren't going to change out of our routine for a few minutes there just trying to get the win we knew that if we stuck to what we always did that it would see us over the line, you know, it's kind of tried and tested at this stage and yeah. it is working for us. And I suppose you could say the same, like for the two matches that followed, like the semi-final against Galloway and the final, um, I suppose in the heat of battle, things were, you know, things were crazy there for a few minutes and just a proper, proper battle, like, you know, it was mm. fair, tough going, but we just stuck to exactly what we've been doing the last four or five years and look as I said it's tried and tested it's paid off for us and luckily enough it has done so this year as well 
Does it breed, I get the sense anyway, I suppose, that it breeds a composure in your play, like you're exceptionally, exceptionally composed on the ball, those different passages at times in the year where like, you know, things might be an, an overhit pass or whatever, but you didn't, there's no sense in anybody's body language on the field that you're under stress or in a bit of fear or, you know, like doing it too fast. Like you seem to have, have a, a, a remarkable composure um, that I think comes out of that just trusting that, look, at we're controlling the controllables here. Yeah, I suppose to be fair to the lads involved in training with us, um, they have us so well drilled, like, you know, um, what supporters and what everyone else sees on a couple of Sundays there throughout the year. That's exactly what we we're working on since the first day we go back training at the start mm-hmm. of January. So, you know, it's well drilled into us at this stage. I suppose it kind of does dumb it down and simple things down for us as well, like, you know, whereas. When the match is close with a few minutes left, you know, we're not worrying about, oh, the what-ifs and buts, you know, we're just worried about what we've been doing, as I said, since the first week of January and just trying to see that through and hopefully come up the right side of it at the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the hard work, I, I understand the hard work <coughs> as a basis, um, but there is a finesse and a skill that comes in in relation to your own game and I, and I couldn't help but wondering during the year how conscious you are of doing things differently each day is that just in response to whatever way the ball comes in and you just don't care what way it comes in or do you enjoy that aspect of you know ghosting in behind uh getting 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 a goal from a catch over the head because your strength in the air but then also you know the next day everyone's thinking oh jesus you know mine galan he's going to slip in around the back and in those games then that's giving you a little bit more space out in front like you in varying your play to the extent that you can is that creating more options for you because you're always leaving fellas guessing um, I suppose it's a challenge like and it's a challenge you either embrace or you run away from it so I kind of enjoy it to be honest um, you don't want to be a one trick pony either no um, to be fair just my own mindset got into matches just try and make myself available every single time the half back or midfielder gets the ball and whatever way it comes in then it isn't up to me I just deal with it when it comes in Mm. Um, but I suppose what's kind of benefiting me is in my own opinion I'd say I have the best in the business in terms of lads hitting in the ball and I'd like to say Declan Hannon there I don't know if you just watch them play hurling all day they're just <laughs> lovely hurlers lovely yeah, hands yeah, you know yeah. and wherever they put the ball you're just going to try your best to be on the end of it so mm. yeah um, I, I get the sense that maybe with John Kiley, but definitely um, to a greater extent, uh, Caroline's involvement, which he, there's there's definitely a bit of a focus on life outside of hurling as well and kind of preparing yourselves uh, like as people, kind of moving on, moving through your career and, you know, how you'll, you'll adjust to it maybe later when, you know, 32 or 33, when you decide to maybe move on um, whenever that happens. Like, is there anything... Like what? What has that been like, or has there anything that you've picked up in it that's been particularly beneficial um, to life outside the game, not just you know all in the the intensity of of hurling? Um, I suppose to be fair to Carolyn, she's just like a mother to absolutely <laughs> everyone in the panel. Wow! Um, everyone has a great time with her. She gets on with everyone. Um, I suppose you can read into kind of psychology in whatever way you want. You can take it by the scruff of the neck and go all out with it or else you can just kind of take it nice and easy and take the bits you want from it so mm. Caroline's easy what way you want to look at it um, I know what works best for me is just kind of relaxing not thinking too much about things and just trying to enjoy things whereas I know fellas like to go all out thinking about getting their mind right and that works for some of them 
Yeah. Um, I know Garod, for example, like he'd be very big into psychology and it's definitely working for him anyway. So that's what suits him. And I suppose in terms of myself, just try not to think too much about anything. Uh, Caroline supports that and like she'll tell me I'm 100% right to do things my way. And I suppose just kind of what you have that approval of someone that you know knows exactly what they're talking about, you know, that just kind of puts your mind at ease and yeah. lets you express yourself, I suppose. You've had uh, Carborough or Carlon in, in, in with you this year as well. I know it's only his first year, but I certainly get the sense from him of being a fella who is going is kind of going after it. I mean, there's the, the, there's there's three of them, three three fine fine strong fellas, uh, the three brothers, and that's when I when I meet them, like that's the feeling that I get from them, like they're just. There's just no holding back, like, you know, they're not stuck in a bit of fear or tension, whether they're good enough or not good enough. They just seem to be going for it. And I think he was a definitely a good fit for you this year. Yeah, to be fair to Cara, couldn't speak highly enough of him. Um, mm. He's a big hit now in the group, um, really settled in. Everyone loves him, um, I suppose. A few alternative approaches in Cara as well, I'd say, is there? He does, but I suppose everyone's different. Like last year, we had Mikey Kiley. He'd, st- he'd something different the year before. We Joe O'Connor, uh, three of the best in the business, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I suppose when strength and conditioning started to become a thing there back in 2012 or 2013, Carver actually was the strength and conditioning coach at Patrick Swell. So I find I would have had a bit of an idea just from hanging around the setup when I was a young fella. Um, but when he came in at the start of this year, the only thing I can remember is he brought me into a dressing room back in Raquel and put me up on the watt bike and he gave me torture on here for about a half an hour and I ended up on the floor barely able to breathe. So, so you knew what you knew what you knew what way that was gonna go. Yeah, he kind of said he stall out from the start of the year, this is the way it's going to go. And no, to be fair to Carver, I'd say this year, um, my fitness is probably the best it's ever been. So that's just all credit to Carver. And just the way he is like being able to approach him and bounce things off him, you know. Yeah. Um, no, I just said very, very easy to get along with and very easy to approach as well. So, yeah, yeah, exceptionally balanced character for sure. Looking in on the news coming out of Kilkenny in the last few days, um, Brian Cody's influence on the game, like you've, you've, you've grown up, I suppose, in the time almost completely grown up with Brian Cody as the manager of Kilkenny. Um, what's his legacy like for players outside of Kilkenny, like for someone developing like yourself? Sure, you can, but have respect for him like and admire him yeah um, it's, as we said it one lads earlier it's going to be weird to not even watch the game but just watch Hurling without Brian Cody being involved mm. um, what he's achieved in what was it the last 23 or 4 years now I can't see that ever being matched again not even in Hurling but in any sport um, just unbelievable and um, just what he got out of his players I suppose he has to be commended for like um I love listening and hearing stories about him. I remember a few years ago I read Jackie Terrell's book and I just become became obsessed with him and his <laughs> yeah. mindset is kind of similar yeah. enough to ourselves like, you know, go out, work hard, beat your mind and if you do that you'll come out the right side. So mm. no, he's going to be he's going to be a huge loss, but fair play to him for everything that he's gone through and won. Yeah, I feel for I feel for all of us like who played either played against Kilkenny under him or just anybody who's yeah pr- pr- you know exceptionally committed to the game. Like you couldn't help but feel that he kept he kept hurling kind of sane in a time when other sports maybe went different directions. You know, a, a little bit more. Um, I was chatting to James Ryle and, and Niall about a little bit earlier. Um, like when a bit of a development towards um, 
sport as entertainment and it was more kind of frills and bells and whistles whereas he kind of really honed in on 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 the basics like as you said you know your mantra has been hard work like it's it, that's really it, it's it's very similar to what what he's been talking about for a long time yeah and i couldn't agree with you more um as i said like you can't but respect that um hard work pays off and like he's been around the block long enough now and even thinking back like like as you said like GA matches sometimes they can be turned into big events and like Kilkenny maybe haven't been in a final there in a few years and like it is a massive massive day yeah and like some players that weren't involved in it before you know, they could have got swayed by that or swayed by the crowd and everything that goes with it sometimes it's a bit of a circus like but you know you could tell that Brian Cody definitely had his legs honed in on you know the one job they went out to do and to be fair they gave it everything they had and just came up short so mm. you know he had him right for sure yeah, I think it stands to all of us to watch that as well. Look at um we leave it there. Aaron, I know you're I know you're a busy man, um, but congratulations on, on all the success and sure there's no doubt you're only kind of yeah, once 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 hard work is your mantra, it's going to be a lot of hard work for every other team in the country. But for the moment you get to enjoy the fruits of that hard work and you're certainly uh certainly well deserving of it. So congratulations. You've you've entertained you, to, to no end in the year and it's been a pleasure watching you play and, and you're you're you know, you're for any corner forward in the country, to, for any player in the country to be able to vary their game, like I just it's such an essential thing to be able to vary your game because it does keep people guessing all the time. Um, so yeah, look at congratulations on that. Thanks very much for giving us your time. Uh, that's all we've got time for from the hurling show, and we'll uh, yeah, it's been been an, an incredible three months going through the championship for all its ups and downs. Um, it's been great to have the lads in studio and the different interviews as well with the likes of Aaron today. So thanks very much for listening in, and we'll catch you soon in the future. Slán. You're listening to the GAA Hour with Dermot Ling on Sports Joe. Donald Donovan is the left cornerback. He hits it. He hits it. Whoa. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. What a match. There's been a missing person in Kale for 81 long years. Well, today, that person has been found alive and well. And that person's name is Liam McCarthy. They know as much about serious level sport as I know about the sleeping habits of the Ayatollah. There's a, a streaker on the ground now. He must be a Kilkenny man because he's quite happy with the situation right now. 